TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. There are a number of players I would say that, you know, neither Derek, myself, Rob Anthony, we're not going to pick up the phone and call another team and say, hey, do you have interest in this player or that player? But if they're calling us and saying, hey, we're, we're offering you some of the best major league players in, in the game, would you talk about this young player? I, I think we at least owe it to our fan base, our ownership, and to our, our team to at least entertain those conversations and at least flesh them out internally before we just objectively say we're, we're not going to trade those players come come heck or high water. By by definition, there there are players that we probably would trade almost every one of our player for if they became available in the marketplace. That is Twins GM Thad Levine on the Score North First Place Twins Show. We're here every day at noon. We're live from Bombasota, the land of ten thousand race and magic number still sixty nine. And I'm Rami Makloff along with Judd Zolga and Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. I'm sure there will be some reckless trade speculation before we uh, get out of here at two. That's right, two hours of Twins talk coming your way. Also included in that two hours, Manny, you said Tom Hamilton is joining us at twelve twenty. Is that the Tom Hamilton, the voice of the Cleveland Indians? Yes. Tom Hamilton, yes, indeed, one of the going, best in the business. Going man. behind he's, enemy lines, he's going to be on the bus score in first nineteen place minutes. Yep. All right, so can't he's, wait. He's he's one of the best. He's going to join us at twelve twenty, and uh, Bob Nightingale will uh, talk some uh, some trade speculation with him when he joins us at one twenty. But big. C- Series starts tonight, Judd Zalgad. Biggest series of the year. I think we can say that, right? That's safe to say. That's Absolutely, easy. yeah, at this point. And uh, it's the pitching matchups for this one. Twins will have Kyle Gibson on the mound for Game 1. Mike Clevenger for the Indians in Game 2. Mm-hmm. I believe it is Barrios and Bauer. And then Game 3 will be Odorizzi and Bieber. Hmm. Those are your Gibby has to Gibby before the break started to scuffle a little bit mm-hmm. and lost the strike zone a bit. So the the thing that I'm going to watch for with him tonight definitely is can he can he get that back because that's going to be a big deal. You need you you know Jake had that eight game stretch where he was off the charts. Mm-hmm. That's not him. I mean that that stretch was phenomenal. That's not him, but. I would say that if I was was grading the pitchers, especially if you don't make a significant trade to upgrade the rotation, if I was grading the pitchers in the second half now, who you absolutely positively have to rely on, Brios is one, and I think Brios is fine. Um, Odo is two in my mind. Gibson is three, and then if if Pineda and Perez. Give you something that's fantastic. So Gibson is leapfrog Perez for you. But uh, yes, okay. yes, I think he's more. I I think there's a better chance that I trust him. But they're very close. So that that's not a clear cut leapfrog. They're close, but Odorizzi has to come back, and and I don't think he's going to recapture that eight game form. But his last four starts, if I'm not mistaken, before the break, and he had that blister. Obviously, he left the Oakland start mm-hmm. was pretty shaky. He's got he's got to find a happy medium between the guy that we saw between uh, late April and early June and the guy that we saw in the last four starts before the All Star. So here's what I How want. Here's what I want to do in the first segment of the show. Here, I don't know about you. I'm I'm fascinated by the idea of alternate dimensions, alternate realities. Had things gone this way, how would it have been different? What would be the ripple effect or the web that would spread? I just watched, uh, speaking of webs, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse a couple weeks ago, which explores this very theory that I'm talking about. It's animated, and it's great. It's amazing. It's on Netflix right now. Go check it out. So I wanted to explore all the various realities or dimensions that could spawn from this series Let's talk about all the possible outcomes, okay. how we would be feeling and what we would be thinking at the end of this series. And we'll start with worst case scenario and then make ourselves happy by working our way up to best case scenario. So we'll start with an Indian sweep okay. and work our way up to a twin sweep. And let's talk about how we'll be feeling if it plays out in all these different scenarios. If the Indians sweep, it's down to a two and a half game lead. Are we talking about how our projection of how we think the fan base would feel or how we would feel personally? We can talk just about us. both. We can talk about both. Because we can address both. How the fan base would feel and how I would feel if the Indian sweep is a bit different. And we're I, talking I think, about it. Now we're talking about a two and a half game lead in the division if the Indians come out with a sweep. Despite the fact that Patrick Royce long ago tagged me as panic, <laughs> if they get swept by Cleveland, I think the fan base is going to be far more off the chains and panic than I would be. But I do think that the overall feeling, if they go into Cleveland and don't 
win a game over Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is going to be you have to make a trade. Now you've got to do something. You've got to do something. The fact is you've got 13 games left, including the games uh, that start tonight, against Cleveland. So it also depends, to be as I think about your your question too, Rami, it also depends sort of on how it looks, right? I guess. Like if you lose three to two, four to three, five to four. I don't know that I don't know that is I don't know that you But can, if you get blown out or, or you look bad even or if you, it's close, if it's a sweep, I don't know that you can walk away feeling very good well, about it. Well you can't. This. No, now no, no. The lead you, has gone from eleven no, you and don't. a half to two and a half. You feel crappy. Right. But my but just trying to contextualize how the feeling would come across, you know, if you go in tonight and Kyle Gibson's terrible and it's eleven to one and then tomorrow you lose ten to five, then then I think you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? Right. I'm not panicking, though. I think the most important thing that we that we need to come away with, if you're a Twins fan, from the next three games is this. Is your feeling, and it's just th- it's three games, so it's really brief, but is your feeling that, that the first half was real, or is there this lingering concern of this really was not them a sweep by the indians that's going to be that's going to be the the overarching feeling i think a sweep by the indians now this wouldn't be hitting the panic alarm on my on my behalf you just did it but it would be the only that would be the only thing that would make me say to Judd, all right, let's pull this thing over and fix the brakes. That's the only <laughs> that's the only outcome in this series that would make me say, All right, let's let's go ahead and fix these brakes. We might need to pump them just a little bit on our twins excitement. Well, that's, if it's down to two and a half. That's the only scenario in this series think, that could that could have me saying that. Maybe you think so? Maybe. And I'm still putting a maybe on it. If it's two and a half, you are you are your plane is descending and the hydraulics ain't working, <laughs> Rami. I hope we have it fixed. <laughs> now, if the Twins win one game, I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine with it if the Twins win just one game in this series. I'd like better. I'd like them to, to put some to, some more space between themselves and the Indians in the second half, starting with this series. But even if the Twins win just one game, that means at the end of the day, the Indians only gained one game on you in the series. It's still a four-and-a-half game lead. You're still feeling pretty good about yourself, right? Again, I'm going to I'm going to bail out a little bit and tell you it to me it very much depends on how it looks. It's going to depend. Like I can't tell you. I don't know. It, but when it, we talk about the big picture, uh, it's still a four and a half game lead. I'm more concerned than you are. The I, magic number will I, I be sixty eight. I get where you're. Yeah, which is no fun. <laughs> I get where you're coming from. I completely understand what you're saying. But if it's now down to four and a half and you've lost two or three in the series, I'm a little bit more on edge than I think you would be. Manny, how would you feel if the Twins win just one game this weekend? I would not be ready to panic, but it would be, my thought would be, okay, it's 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 on. If the Indians win this series, whether it's two out of three or a sweep, I mean, it's it's on as far as this division is concerned. Now, if the Twins find a way to, and we'll get to this, but if the Twins find a way to win this series, whether it's a sweep or them taking two or three, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better about their chances of winning this division. I still so, feel pretty good about them winning the division, but if the Indians gain If the Indians round, win two this, of three, you feel like we're in, you're in a fight. You're yeah. in a dogfight. Yep. And you are. Yep. At that point. Because it's four, four and a half, you're not. It's four and a half, you and it's still July. I've been a lot more. Com- I felt a lot more comfortable about the Twins all year than you guys have before a game was even played. So I'm, I still, I still am holding on to some of that confidence. I, I feel like even again that would it's not the scenario you would prefer, but even if they win just one game, that means the Indians have gained one game over the course of the weekend, and the Twins still have the easiest schedule in baseball in the second half once they leave Cleveland. Yeah, but I mean that that's a tough thing to count on completely. I, I get where you're coming from, but I I side with what Manny just said, which is if it gets down to four and a half, five and a half is drastically reduced. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel as confident probably as, as you do. Now, here's my question too, and here's the answer that and I get it's three games so it's not a lot of games but here's the answer that I think we're going to get to a certain degree as well that's important is the twins to me needed this break 
mm-hmm. weren't playing great. They were not a dumpster fire. They were not a mess, but they weren't playing great. Cleveland has played incredible baseball. So if Cleveland comes back now and picks up where they left off going into the break and the Twins struggle, you're like, oh boy, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. If the Twins come back now well-rested and prepared to play and start to hit home runs and everything looks back to the way it was, we're all going to say Cleveland's surge is probably slowing now. So this series, beyond the teams playing, also is going to define our perception going into and starting the second half of where these two teams are at, don't you think? Yep. The other thing... On some level, yes. Not not a lot for me, but I know that I might be sort of in the minority in that. And to your point, too, Judd, and we can ask Tom Hamilton this, too, in the next segment, is let's think for a second of what a series win for the Indians could do for them. I mean, we're we're thinking about, okay, what does that mean for the Twins and how are the Twins going to view things? How are we going to view where the Twins are at? But if the Indians come out, they've been playing well leading up to the break, and they come out and they take two of three, or if they sweep, especially if they sweep, I mean, that's a team that is feeling really good about themselves. The team that they're chasing in the division, they just swept them. Well, sweep, yeah. To- a They've, sweep would that puts some that that puts a real real dent yeah. into into think, the lead. I think even two out of three. I don't think I, so. I think two out of three. That Indians team is going to feel even more confident than they what they've been feeling. They feel and good about be, it, yeah, and it's that true. could be because they're feeling good right now. They've yeah, been they playing. Should be. They, yeah, and if they if that continues, especially after them having basically a half a week off with the All Star break, and they can't and they come out like Judge said all. Firing on all cylinders, even after having you know four days off, they're going to be feeling really good about themselves. And I'm not sure if that is if that is really ever going to stop. They can feel as good about themselves as they want to, but there are a lot of factors that led to what's transpired since June 3rd. The Indians have had more days off. The Indians have had a much easier schedule. The Indians haven't had to play a 17-inning and 18-inning game and a 12-inning game, and the Indians haven't had injuries to five of their key core players over the course of that stretch. That's that's over now. The the Twins now have the pitching, Rami. But they 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 missed. They've been missing guys out of their rotation in and out all season long. You know what this is? This is a chance for, for the Twins to go into Cleveland and say, we understand that a lot of your wins since June 4th or so have come against crappy baseball mm-hmm. teams. We're not. We're a good baseball we, team. And, and we are one of, and there's not a lot, we are one of the very good baseball teams in this league. Therefore, you're now playing us, and things change. And that moves us into our next alternate reality, which is the Twins take two of three this weekend. How mm-hmm. are we feeling if that's what transpires? Uh, formerly known Jacobs Field. If they take if they take two of three, I, I think you go back to the the sense that they are the better team, probably, and they very well might be. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, I think they might be. They're a good team, so if you take two of three, I, I think that breeds a confidence. But what I don't want that to do, and I don't think it would, but just to be very clear, I don't want that. Um, if they take two or three, for that to take the eye off the prize of the fact that you still need to go get pitching help oh, yeah, ASAP. No, they know and that. I don't think it will, right? They know that. But Fan Levine but, told us that. I don't want any any false sense of confidence, but I think fan base-wise, two of three would, would say, okay, we probably were the better team all along. And you leave with a six-and-a-half game lead. Guys are healthier now. Guys got rest. And we still, and the Twins, I should say, still remain the best team in the American League Central. And there's probably not a huge doubt about that at that point, right? Yes. Absolutely. And the other thing too is look at look at what the pitching matchups are this mm-hmm. weekend. Some good ones. You got Gibson and Clevenger tonight. That's a good matchup. You got Odorizzi and Bauer tomorrow. And then Sunday you got Barrios and Bieber. Now, if the twins win two out of three or if they sweep with basically the three best guys in their rotation, all pitching really, really well. I feel really, really, really good about this club. I don't know about you guys. I know that they have more name value, but for me, I'm totally fine with the matchup of the Twins' top two guys against the Indians' top two guys. Sure, I'm totally fine with that. Right they're, now, yeah, they're more, yeah. they're they have more depth. They're deeper in their rotation, but the Twins' top two versus the Indians' top two, I don't feel like they're at any disadvantage whatsoever when you talk about that day's starting pitcher. And the Twins obviously have the better lineup. Just look at run scored, run different, any offensive metric you want to look at. Friday and Saturday, though, are incredibly important. 
pitching wise. Yes, mm-hmm. Gibson was not good. Like he he t- talked about it extensively after his last start that he made. Or no, I'm sorry when he when he started as an opener, I believe it was on Sunday. How he sort of like has lost his arm slot and and how his mechanics were out of whack. The same thing happened to Perez. He's a tall guy and his yeah. So he talked about that extensively. That needs to come back, and and we need to find the Odo. Yep. Who's the in between? Because I am in no way expecting him to come out started, and be like a zero point three two ERA guy. That Odo started to surface right right before the the end of the first half. We saw a couple of starts where he was in between, and then he got the blister. Really and came bad out. Odorizzi, mm-hmm. but and really good Odorizzi. Those, those two starts to me are incredibly important. Brios, I, I have an underlying confidence in that basically does not go away very much. I feel good about Brios. So if he's not good, yeah. you're like, okay, he he was not good, but he'll be fine. Beyond that. It makes me a little bit nervous when a guy like Gibson talks about his mechanics being out of whack or when Odorizzi has the blister and you're not quite sure what to expect. So Friday and Saturday, to me, it's going to be incredibly important what type of start you get from the twin starter. All right, Mm -hmm. let's explore the best possibility, a twin sweep this weekend in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. I thought you were just going to play the twins theme song. Eight and a half game lead. Things are feeling good. Things are looking good. Now, who needs help? Who needs to make a trade? No, you still want to make a trade. No, Let's right not get word. carried yeah. away. Because no, the Indians are not who you're... Com- this, and this is this ultimately is what I come back to. The Indians aren't who you're competing with. The Twins are winning this division. The trades that you need to make... <laughs> well, in this case, you yeah, you could feel that way. No, no. Either way. No matter what happens this weekend, Twins are winning this division. You're, you're, the moves you're so making to learn, are to put yourself in position... Such a young Minnesota sports ...to win fan. playoff series. The people down in the kitchen here are far more n- nervous <laughs> about this. I talked to a guy down in the kitchen today. He said, I grew up here. I'm used to... I said, I know. Calm down. If Okay. If they have an eight-and-a-half game lead, would you be willing to go as far as I'm going right now? That they're what say to say definitively no, you know they what? are winning this division. No, no oh, I'm done. I'm done on. saying it. Stop I got it. haughty in June and look what happened. The lead's been cut now. You got haughty. When did you get haughty? I that got was, haughty. I that said was in haughty, June, Judd. Eleven and a half. I said they're not going to lose this division. I've been reminded on this uh, of, on Twitter about this a few times, and people are right. I was, but eight and a half makes you feel good, and then you're and then you're probably officially if, if you go on the road and sweep a series like that. Sixty six, eight and a half. Again, game still lead. not much fun. Um, if it goes to that, though, you're feeling like, okay, that rest basically was the key thing for us, right? Yes. If you sweep them. How wild is this? I think somebody takes two of three. It's going to end up anywhere between two and a half and eight and a Don't half you guys, games, the gap in the AL side. I think somebody takes two of three. I'm hard-pressed to see a sweep here. I could see a sweep here. Wow, okay. A sweep here with this club? Yes. The Twins? Yes. As a matter of fact, I'm sure Tom Hamilton's going to love this when you talk about this. That prediction may surface and write that down. 5 o'clock today. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Right here on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. And we'll talk to the voice of the Cleveland Indians, Tom Hamilton. He joins us next. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect your. How to become a fan of baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works. And it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it. Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins Twins coverage on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. The wind and pitch. A swing and a long drive to right. Down the line it goes. Gone! Jason Kipnis hits his seventh. And it's 10-1 to Indians. A five-run eighth for the Tribe. That's the voice of the Cleveland Indians on the Indians Radio Network. This is the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. Magic number is 69. I'm Rami Makhlouf, along with Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill, on the other side of the glass. And that voice, Tom Hamilton, joining us right now on the show. Tom, how are you this afternoon, sir? Great guys, thanks uh, for having me. Good to be with you. No, oh, thanks for uh, thanks for making the time. How much has the mood around Cleveland Indians baseball changed over the course of this year? I know that you started off very as a very confident fan base, and obviously 
things didn't start great while they were going pretty good here in Minnesota, and now the tides have turned. How much of a roller coaster has this been for uh, the Indians and Indians fans? Yeah, and I, I think roller coaster is, is the right word because, um, you know, the club had to cut payroll in the off season, And so, you know, that necessitated a chunk of your offense not coming back. And you just don't replace a guy like Michael Brantley, um, who left for free agency. And, and obviously they traded away Yonder Alonso and Jan Gomes and then Edwin Encarnacion. So, you lost 400 RBIs and over 100 home runs. So you knew this club was going to be challenged offensively. Um, then you couple that with the fact that Frankie Lindor missed basically the month of April. And Jose Ramirez has just not been the same guy since last mid-August. You were really challenged offensively. And um, and then I think once the injuries hit to the strong point of your club guys, I think fans pretty much thought, well, this is a lost cause. How do you replace a two-time Cy Young Award winner? How do you replace a perennial 18-game winner? And and Mike Clevenger has missed most of the year. And, you know, he won 12 games a year ago and, you know, started out the year with two shutouts from a standpoint of 12 shutout innings and 22 strikeouts. So I don't know of many ball clubs that would survive all of that, and yet somehow they have. And it's been a credit to their farm system and their ability to develop starting pitching with some of the youngsters that have come up. And so, you know, suddenly what looked like a lost cause, you know, as we know in baseball, guys, it's kind of like the weather here in Cleveland being on Lake Erie. (laughs) It it can change quickly. And, uh, you know, I I think we also knew uh, anybody that had half a brain in baseball knew that the Minnesota Twins were going to be a good team. The additions they made in the offseason, you know, it's about as good an offseason as a front office can have. And look, for the last couple of years, Minnesota was kind of on that teeter-totter where one year they were really good and, and one year they were really disappointing. And that's part of having a young ball club. But I don't think anybody thought they'd get off to the start they did. And, you know, in essence, guys, the Indians have the same record they had a year ago at this time yep. when they had a double-digit lead. But that's a credit to Minnesota. So, Tom, give, give me uh, some of the guys who have have contributed since June 3rd or so who probably were not in the opening day roster when Cleveland played here back on the 28th of March. Who, <laughs> who's come around here to, to really help this resurgence? Yeah, when you say opening day, that seems like a decade ago. That, um, that lineup, too, was, know, was bad that day, Tom. Oh. The Indians, awful. yeah. And, uh, you know, plus we were you know, playing, you know, in weather that we should have been out on Lake Minnetonka ice fishing instead of playing baseball. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, you know, Oscar Mercado has been a big addition. You know, he was a kid the Indians acquired from the Cardinals last year at the deadline, kind of one of those under-the-radar acquisitions where he'd been a top prospect for the Cardinals. Cardinals ran out of patience. Indians thought he was a diamond in the rough. And he's been a game-changer for this club since they – got rid of Leonis Martin, put Mercado in center field. It's dramatically improved the club defensively. And and he's, you know, really held his own offensively, hitting around 300 all year. I think the biggest surprise, guys, would be Roberto Perez. And, you know, a lot of people here were upset when they traded Jan Gomes. They said it was a salary dump. And that was part of it. You know, you did get underneath out from underneath his contract. You had Perez signed to a long-term deal as well. And, guys, basically the Indians knew they had two number one catchers. You can't continue to have one of your number one catchers sitting all the time. He becomes disgruntled, unhappy, and it's a waste of talent. And so they got two youngsters for Gomes who have helped this ball club and will help it in the future. And Roberto Perez is sitting here today, guys. I don't know how many people realize he has 16 home runs. And, you know, he's close to matching his career total all years combined in home runs and has played brilliantly behind the plate. He's probably the most uh, all-around good catcher in the game that nobody's heard about. And so guys like Perez, Oscar Mercado, now Lindor's gotten healthy again. Um, Carlos Santana has become the hitter everybody thought he could always become. He's having a career year. I mean, look, they still don't have much margin for error from an offensive standpoint. And I think the true test will be how do they do offensively against good pitching. And, you know, we'll find that out this weekend. 
Talking with Tom Hamilton, voice of the Cleveland Indians here on the Score North Twins show. Tom, you talked about the the free agents who they let walk in the offseason, and I understand the economic challenges that the Cleveland Indians face, but we're trying to figure out what what is the path forward for this team because they seem caught in the middle, a team that's obviously still good, still competitive, still hanging in their division, but they have some contracts. They have to have to decide what they're going to do with soon. Yeah. They obviously just let some guys walk. They didn't want to pay those contracts. What do you think is the course forward for the Cleveland Indians as the trade deadline approaches? I think what you're going to see the Indians try to do is something similar to what Tampa did a year ago. Now, I don't know how long Trevor Bauer is going to be here, and, and we could be talking a year from now, and he's still a member of the Indians' rotation. I would doubt that, but um, it could happen because you're not giving away Trevor Bauer. I mean, he's starting to pitch now like the guy that he was a year ago when you know he probably wins the Cy Young if he doesn't break his leg when he gets hit by that line drive in August. But Trevor Bauer will be a free agent at the conclusion of 2020. And you just can't keep allowing these guys to walk away and get nothing in return. And because of payroll limitations, I don't know, guys, that the Indians can have a payroll next year with two guys making $20 million each in, well, actually three guys, Santana, Lindor, and Bauer, because probably that's what Bauer and Lindor are going to get in arbitration going into next year. And so I would think that if you're going to trade Trevor Bauer between now and the deadline, would be the time, and that probably sounds asinine if you're trying to get into the playoffs. But what they're also trying to do, guys, is I think this is the benefit. While they didn't win the World Series, they've won three straight division titles. They got to Game 7 of the World Series. And what they don't want to have is a five- to seven-year rebuilding plan because everybody <laughs> either got old at once yep. or became a free agent at one time. With the Indians' young starting pitching, Shane Bieber, who was the MVP of the All-Star game the other night in his first full year in the big leagues. Mike Clevenger, healthy now, is you know in his second full year in the big leagues. Zach Klesak, who's come up and done a pretty darn good job, is a rookie. Uh, with Carlos Carrasco, with you still having Corey Kluber. Now, I don't know if Carrasco and Kluber come back this year, but my point is there's some depth in that rotation that if you traded a Trevor Bauer now, you would want to do what Tampa did. You trade him to a ball club that gives you either major league-ready guys right now or guys that will be on your major league club next year, like Tampa did getting Glass now, getting Austin Meadows. I don't know if you can ever pull that deal off. That That's one of those trades that ought to get you a lifetime contract if you're the GM of Tampa and could get <laughs> you fired if you're the GM of Pittsburgh. But that's where I think... What they don't want, guys, is, look, they want to get into the playoffs this year, but are they good enough to just chase the Twins or chase the wild card spot? We, we saw last year, once they got into the playoffs, they weren't good enough to compete with Houston and New York. And so what they don't want is, like I say, you hear these teams say it all the time, hey, you know, give us five years. There are no guarantees in a five-year rebuilding plan. And if you tear this down to the studs, and take five years, you lose your entire fan base. So I think exactly. that's kind of the, yep. the avenue that you see them going. So if you had to handicap this right now, do you think Bauer does get moved before the 31st of July? Yes. Kluber, yep. Kluber and, I, and Carrasco, what, what's your – I know you said you didn't know if they were going to come back or not, but is your gut instinct telling you that, that they probably will? Because the Carrasco story, which was you know super sad when it came out, now sounds like things are actually going pretty well considering the circumstances of him having leukemia. Yeah, I mean, the problem with that, guys, and, and obviously I'm not a doctor, and he's got the best doctors in the world at the Cleveland Clinic treating him. But, boy, that, that's something that, you know, you're in uncharted territory there. I mean, I don't know, guys, of how many guys that have had leukemia and were under treatment and playing that same year. And, you know, I just think what you're doing there is you're kind of, there's really no timetable for Carrasco, I guess, is the best way to put it, because nobody really knows. It, you know, you got to get him healthy, you know, and then you haven't pitched. So it's almost like starting over in spring training. That's kind of the same story with Corey Kluber. He's still healing with that broken right forearm. I think 
best case scenario, guys, this is just me. This isn't coming from Chris or Cherney or Tito. But I think best case scenario with those guys, if you get them back, it's late August at the earliest. I think that's best case scenario. So that's kind of my point on, hey, it's great they're in this race right now. And probably the way they have played, you know, take the Twins on on June 3rd, the Indians were 29-30 and 30 and 11 and a half games out of first. And since that time, they've gone and cut six games off the Twins' lead. You know, they're 12 games above 500. And yet, that probably makes the decisions even tougher because what do you say to your fans if you start trading pieces during this hot spell? And yet, in reality, if you know you're not good enough, you can't really stay status quo. So they're they're in a they're in a tough spot right now in that regard. And they know the Twins are going to be good for the foreseeable future. But the Indians also feel if they're able to make the right moves, you're looking at a ball club that is right back to being a legitimate World Series contender in the next year or two years, I don't think they're good enough to be in the World Series this year, and I don't think the Indians think they are either. When you say make the right moves, do you do you think a scenario could play out where the Indians are buyers at the trade deadline, and do they have the no. ammo to go out and buy? Okay, no. No. all right. They have the ammo, guys, but they can't keep doing it. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, you, you traded Francisco Mejia last year at this time. He was considered one of the top five minor league prospects in the game. You traded him for your closer, Brad Hand, and one of your setup guys, Adam Simber. We were at this point, what, three years ago, 2016. You traded Clint Frazier and Justice Sheffield to get Andrew Miller. Now, that was a big roll of the dice. Your top two prospects, maybe top two out of 40 prospects in all of baseball, but it got you to Game 7 of the World Series. And so that was the chance they were willing to take, even though you never know how it's going to turn out. They've had to trade a lot of prospects away here the last few years. Not that they're in a win-all-now mode, but when you have a window of opportunity to win, if you're Minnesota, if you're Cleveland, if you're Kansas City, your window doesn't stay open like it does in (laughs) L.A., New York, and Boston, where you can buy yourself out of mistakes or go buy whatever you need. And so I think their problem now is, you know, they need to make sure that they don't completely gut that farm system. They've got some kids coming. I think they need more, and I think they feel like they need more to match up some of good young position prospect players with what you already have here now from a starting pitching standpoint. Because you've got a chance with the starting pitching the Indians have that everybody wants good, young, affordable starters to keep your window open. Tom, it's just three games, but because we are so close to the deadline itself, how much do you think the results of this series are going to dictate what Cleveland does as far as either keeping guys, trading guys, you know, possibly hand if they get swept, gets uh, dealt. If he, if they, if they sweep, he does not. How much do you think, management-wise, these three games—Friday, Saturday, Sunday—are going to dictate what Cleveland does going forward? Well, I think it's a great point. I think it's a great question, but I don't think it's just these three games. I think really, you're going to see the Indians and probably a lot of teams stay pretty fluid between now and July 31st. I mean, we we get kind of hung up in this weekend series because it is such a big one. And, you know, I usually say the schedule makers, I want to go to the happy hour that they go to before they put the schedule together. (laughs) Great point! (laughs) You know, but by that same token, i got to give them credit. You know, the fact that we play each other 13 times from this point forward should make for a great race in the Central Division. So they got that right. But literally, guys, and I've, I've seen it too many times here and elsewhere in baseball, it's not just this series. It's like, say the Indians swept the Twins this week, and all of a sudden you're two and a half games out. And you play a four-game series with Detroit coming next, and you lose three out of four. You know, I think what we see this time of year is not so much one series, but one week can really swing the decision makers one way or the other. And I think more so this year, guys, because you've got the one trading deadline. You don't have the ability to go out and add players in August like you have in the past and like the Indians have been able to do in the past. 
and other teams have done in the past. You know, remember, Houston got Justin Verlander yep. August 31st, you know, at the last minute, and that was a waiver deal. And so I think this year you're going to see teams take it right up to the deadline unless, like, say you're Minnesota. Look, you're pretty much, unless you completely bottom out, you, you know you're going to be in the playoffs this year one way or the other. They haven't been there for a while. You know, the one-game playoff is all cute and whatnot, but we saw that in 13. It's, you know, it's over before you ever even had a home playoff game. They want to win the division title this year. They've got guys having career years. I think Derek Falvey, as sharp as he is, and I don't think there's anybody in the game any sharper, that if they've got the right deal, they'll make it now. I think other teams like the Indians that are kind of in this quandary are going to let this thing play out a little bit longer. That's Tom Hamilton, the voice of the Indians. And, Tom, we appreciate the time and the uh, perspective from the other side of this race. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. Enjoyed being with you. Great questions. Thank you, Thank Tom. you very much. We appreciate it. That's Tom Hamilton, the voice of the Cleveland Indians. I got a great question. You did. You got great question. That's always, that's that's always huge a, in the studio. That's always a big win. You didn't see the dance. That we should stream our show every day just to see the dance Judd does. <laughs> I did a dance. I did when a muscle flex. When he gets flex. a great question. We did the old uh, Rami and I, for folks listening at home or in your cars, wherever you may be, We Rami and I did the old uh, NWO, Scott Hall and Kevin <laughs> Nash point, point to Hollywood Hogan on Judd. When he, when, I didn't know uh, what you were doing, but I really appreciate it. I had no idea that it was, was great. Good, but I did appreciate it. <laughs> I uh, I have some thoughts about what we just heard from Tom Hamilton. I don't know about you guys, but I would like to discuss what we just discussed with him right after a short break on the Score North First Place Twins Show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. We're back right after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Oh, I forgot to mention, magic number, 69. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, time for a Score North download. I'm Manny Hill. It's 12.43, and uh, we just had, on the Score North First Place Twin Show, just had Tom Hamilton, voice of the Cleveland Indians, on with us last segment. And uh, I don't know if you knew, the Twins have a big series with the Indians this weekend, starting tonight in Cleveland. And uh, here's a little bit of what Tom Hamilton had to say uh, last segment. Say you're Minnesota. Look, you're pretty much, unless you completely bottom out, you, you know you're going to be in the playoffs this year one way or the other. They haven't been there for a while. You know, the one-game playoff is all cute and whatnot, but we saw that in 13. It's, you know, it's over before you ever even had a home playoff game. They want to win the division title this year. They've got guys having career years. I think Derek Falvey, as sharp as he is, and I don't think there's anybody in the game any sharper, that if they've got the right deal, they'll make it now. I think other teams like the Indians that are kind of in this quandary are going to let this thing play out a little bit longer. And if you are uh, looking to hear back, if you missed any portion of that Tom Hamilton interview last segment, uh, you can uh, very shortly check it out on uh, scorenorth.com and the Scorenorth mobile app as the Score North First Place Twin Show rolls on, Rami. Thank you, Manny. We are the Score North First Place Twin Show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. Magic number 69. I'm Rami Makloff. There is Judd Zulgad. And as you just heard in the Score North download, we just finished talking with Tom Hamilton, the voice of the Cleveland Indians. And I don't know about you, Judd. Mm-hmm. I left that conversation feeling even better about the Minnesota Twins and the second half than I entered that conversation. And that's not always the case when you talk to a hometown announcer. Sometimes they will feed you propaganda and paint the sunniest possible picture they could possibly paint. Credit to Tom Hamilton for painting a realistic picture of the team who he calls games for on a day-in, day-out basis. And it wasn't the brightest of pictures that he painted for that team. No, I, I think that they're in that they're in that very dangerous place of they're making a run, which ultimately makes the summer of 2019 more fun for the Indians and their fan base, Rami. But they're in that dangerous spot too of they clearly don't have um, a farm system that's probably as stacked as they would like because of previous trades when they have won the division. That happens to a lot of teams. But yeah, I think Cleveland's at a place where they're going to have to make some probably very difficult decisions about roster construction almost immediately, which is why I do think the more the more thought and the more I, I read about what the Rays did in the Archer trade with the Pirates, why trying to take Trevor Bauer aggressively to market and mm-hmm. keep him there and trade him makes a ton of sense. So yeah, the Twins are in 
The Twins ultimately are going to decide how the Twins do. I don't think it's going to be Cleveland. I really don't. I think it's going to be, can the Twins recover enough? Can they make a couple trades possibly, or at least one trade? Is their status quo pitching good enough right now? But I think what Tom basically told us, and it's a thousand percent accurate, is the twin success is going to be based on one thing, and that's the twins, not Cleveland. Right. And and look, I don't root for injuries and especially don't root for what's going on with Carlos Carrasco right now, but that doesn't mean that I can't recognize and appreciate what the on field effects of that will be. And once again, want to clarify, he didn't say this came from Terry Francona, the front office, or the doctors, but just his impressions of what he's hearing and being around that team every day. He doesn't expect either of those two pitchers who they're without right now to be back until the end of August. Yeah, it's huge. And he doesn't expect that. He he said he doesn't see any possible scenario where the Indians will be buyers between now and the July thirty first right? trade deadline. They're they're not going I mean they they are they are I don't know, cash strapped is not the right word probably, but financially, I, I think what occurred in Cleveland within the last year or so was that they were in the midst of going on to a division title AL Central last year mm-hmm. and they still didn't draw. And I think the people that own the team at that point said, "Bleep it! Then we're not going. We're not going to try and and retain expensive players uh, for a stadium that's not full." So I think the fan base, and I'm not faulting them, but I think the fact that they didn't come out in mass and sell out that stadium a year ago definitely colored how ownership feels about Cleveland right now. And so I don't think that they're going to have any green light to make trades other than if they decide in the next few weeks or so, that their season is basically slipping away and it's time to dump. It's really interesting to to realize all that, too, about you know the attendance and, yeah. and how the last couple of years, I mean, God, they were just in the World Series three years ago. And, and was that two years back where we looked at the box scores and said, oh my gosh, there's nobody there? Mm-hmm. Patrick talked about a lot. And you remember, this was, you remember the Indians in the mid to late 90s? They, with, set, with the record, they set the record for most consecutive sellouts. They sold they? out like six years in a row. Where they had, where they they sold out eighty one times a year, six years in a row, something like that. It was like I think they actually put, they hung the, was that the four fifty five that they yeah they, at they the hung break? some sort of banner or showed yeah. some, put some sort of number in the five straight sellouts. New stadium, Browns had bolted for Baltimore, yeah, and the Cavaliers stunk, and the Indians yeah. were hot. That was Kenny Lofton, and Albert Bell, Carlos Baerga, Carlos Baerga, Omar yeah. Vizquel, and that was this was pre LeBron James, yes. Two, yeah. Corporate dollars went to one place, Indians baseball. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. they're way more spread point. out. It's a good point. So you got, but you guys got the same impression yeah. out of that interview that that I did. That this is that yeah. even from the other side of this thing, even from the Indians' perspective. And look, Tom Hamilton wants good things for the Cleveland Indians. It's good. It's good for Tom Hamilton. But yeah. like I said, he came on here and he was very honest. And even from the other side of this thing. Things are looking pretty good for the Minnesota Twins. I think that for for a Twins fan, if you were starting to have some doubt, that interview, if you were hearing, if you were listening to that interview right there, and if you didn't, go and check it out. Score North Mobile app, scorenorth.com. It'll be up shortly after the uh, one o'clock hour. It's a really cool app. You should get it. It's free. It's also fantastic. One stop shop for all written content. I saw Judd just put some tidbits up there uh, yesterday. Were there some tidbits up there? Yesterday? Yes, there were. Oh, yes, tidbits, including the lead tidbit: the clock is ticking on a major deal to be made. Clock is ticking. Really? Tick tock on that clock. July 31st is coming. <laughs> July 31st is around the corner. Tick tock on that clock. But Rami, you just shot. turned into a 70s DJ. <laughs> Tick tock on that clock, TikTok. ladies and gentlemen. AM 1500. So, so y- yes, what Tom said, I, I think, encourages you as a Twins fan from the Cleveland standpoint. But the paranoia here very much lies in, and it might be right, it might be wrong. But the paranoia in this town lies in, are the Twins going to blow this themselves? But at least it is. this is very much in their control. And has been for quite some time. Right. This is up to them. Right. This is up to, yeah. this is up to do you want to make trades? Our guys who, who obviously had uh, first halves that were outstanding, can they keep that up? So this is, yes, this comes back to if the Twins maintain and can continue to do what they did for a lot of the first 89 games of the season, guess what? They are going to win the American League Central, and it might be by a comfortable margin. And you are and you still have 13 more matchups with the Cleveland Indians the rest of the season. Including Hamilton's line was great because, because he's a thousand percent right. It's fun that there's going to be 13 more games, but the... MLB schedules among the stupidest schedules out there. (laughs) 
His comment was exactly right. I've, and you were you were you're hard on the schedule makers for Major League I Baseball. I can't stand. And I get makers. I get it. I understand. And there are some things. And look, you know how I feel about Rob Manford. But at the same time, he's your favorite guy, isn't he? To to put together TikTok on that clock. To put together. <laughs> 30, 30 162 game schedules that all jive with each other, that everyone gets 81 home games. You got to factor in interleague play. You got to factor in division play and make sure you get all the division games in. You got to make sure everybody gets the same number of weekend series. I don't know if everybody realizes that that's a thing. Every team wants the same number of weekend series because that's where you make your money. The attendance is higher on the weekend. There are so many things that schedule makers in Major League Baseball have to consider. That's an impossible well, puzzle to put together and leave everyone happy. And it's as, impossible. And as a rule, though, and in this case, it actually works out because Cleveland and the Twins are right now close. But as a rule, and this is not the schedule maker's fault, I hate, I hate the fact that you play your division approximately 19 times a piece. And that's not their fault. I kind of like that. I hate it. Well, yeah, of course you do because you're a Cubs fan. Because you get Milwaukee, it'd be, it'd be and, and easier for the Cubs this year if they weren't playing. I think that's why the no, but I mean it's more that's attractive. But the American League, oh, Central, you mean because it's competitive? I got to watch Kansas saying. City nineteen yeah. times. I got to watch Detroit. Poor Guardians. Yeah, you, you want know. competitive? I yes. want easy. I forgot. And We're Detroit, looking at it from different perspectives. My God, Tigers, just fire Guardy. Just just fire and put him out of his misery. The poor guy. Tigers baseball man is among the toughest things to watch in the summer of 2019. But that's not the schedule maker's fault. That's they're they're told. Right, hey, that's major league make this work. Rule. That's your guy. Which I like. Although he didn't, I don't think he, he didn't start. No, that was that in was place Bud. before That him. was Bud. But, yeah. And that was what? So that they could show the Red Sox and Yankees 87,000 times a summer. Mm-hmm. I just like the idea that the division is largely decided within the division. Do you want a proposed ESPN.com behind the paywall trade that involves the Twins? Yes, please. Bradford Doolittle is on, the man's you have an e- name. You have an ESPN Plus account and you're not sharing? Oh, I thought you knew the password. No, I don't know the oh. password. I'll is give this, it to you. Uh, is this reckless trade speculation? Yeah, go yeah. ahead with that. Yes. You want reckless speculation? Oh, you know this thing will happen. How about reckless trade speculation? From the keyboard of one Bradford Doolittle of ESPN.com, I give you his second proposed trade. His first one involves the uh, involves uh, the Dodgers acquiring a uh, pitcher from the Pirates, blah, blah, blah. His second trade, the Twins acquire, and this is a proposal. This is reckless speculation. I'm not announcing this. The Twins acquire Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith from the Giants for a package of... Oh, he's got him getting both. Yeah, but, I like it. But mm, I like it. And here's the price. Okay. Outfielder Alex Kirilov, your second prospect, uh, second top prospect. Left-handed pitcher Lewis Thorpe and two prospects outside of the Twins' top 10. Mad Bum and Will Smith to Minnesota. Both, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in the last year of their contracts. Yes. Yep. Mad Bum, I know, is. Yes. Kirilov, Lewis Thorpe, and two prospects outside of your top 10 go to the Bay. Reckless speculation. I'd do it. For two rentals, huh? I'd do it. I 1,000% think the Twins would not do this trade. I don't think they would either. For two rentals, I don't think they'd do Kirloff. If I knew that I was at the very least going to be able to re-sign Will Smith and keep him around, then I'd I'd probably consider it. <sighs> Boy, would this but I don't know if I want shockwaves give, here, huh? I don't I don't want to give up Kirloff for a rental. If I knew it's if if I knew that I was going to re-sign Bumgarner and Smith and keep them around for a couple more years, you do it. I'd probably do it. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not giving Man, up my. A, I'm not enticing. giving up my number one prospect for a for a rental. You're putting yourself in position to be World Series contenders. I know for a guy we don't even know will be a good major league player. Let's be honest, we don't know. World Series contenders, you might be World Series champions. Exactly. You can yeah. you can cue the music. We don't know. Is that the music you're looking for? Or was it Matt, the, twi- the, the Twins I, music? No, this that's is what fine. I'm looking for. Okay. They're both good. They're both fine. Mad Bum in Car Two, driving down ninety four from. Minneapolis to St. Paul, Will Smith in Convertible 5. It could be fun. It could be fun. I'd do it. Whole lot of beer being consumed. I'd do it. Plan the parade. Make the trade and plan the parade. Man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Did you just trademark something? Did you just trademark Trademark Robbie Magloff? Make the trade trade and and plan plan the the parade. parade. That's right. That's pretty good. (laughs) I think that needs a sounder. 
I think that, that needs a Manny voice sounder, don't you, Manny? Say it. Make the trade and plan the parade? Yeah. Yeah, go real low with it, yeah. Make the trade and plan the parade. I love it. Let's do this. Let's get this done. Can we get this done already? This is what, this is what I told Thad Levine the other day when I talked to him. I was like, <laughs> Could this be a t-shirt? I think so. I think send so. Mackie the, the idea. I'm going Make to the send trade. the email over plan right away. I think that's a quick t-shirt. Make the trade and plan the parade. It's really good, Ronnie. Let's do this. Let's mm. get this done. Marketing genius. I let Thad Levine know the other day that I was growing impatient. And how'd he take that? <laughs> I'm sure he was cowering below his desk <laughs> as you told him that. Oh, no. Rami Makhlouf, some guy from Milwaukee. <laughs> he probably called David Stern. Stern's like, don't listen to that guy. This guy's going to cut your brakes. <laughs> that guy You're thought I liked him. Stop. I'm so glad that Rami guy's gone. No, David Stearns knew the best thing to do with me was appease me. Like, like just make me make me think he cares what I say. And so I think if those two talk, Thad Levine will probably take the same approach. It's best to just make him think he matters. Just let him think he matters. It's it's the best way to go. Make the trade, plan the plan parade. Plan the parade. I like it. That's Let's pretty do this. slick. Let's get it That's done. a quick t-shirt. Man, I've been a catchphrase machine since I came here. I got to put a roof on it. No, that's a bad one. Cut the brakes. That was a bad one. Make the trade. Plan the parade. I actually like that one. Robot umpire takeover. That's fine, yeah. Which, by the way, did you oh, guys... Oh, did, did you see what the Atlanta League's doing? Yes. <laughs> no, but did you see that they tried the robotic strike zone for the first time last yeah. night? Yeah. And it worked was, out just fine. I saw somebody tweet out what their... I, I can't remember what it was, though. It was something really outrageous, right? Steal first base. MLB wants them, and they're doing it on any any you can any steal ball for, that the catcher doesn't. Oh, that's doesn't okay. That's catch, right. So you, if can the, if the catcher, you can steal first base. So basically, if the catcher drops the ball, you can just take off on any pitch. On not any just pitch. on not just on two strikes. A one yeah. one pitch. The I catcher drops the ball. And you can take off to first. Popping right off his shoulders when he read that. It did that for a would, second, and then I was like, nobody's going to do that, so it won't even matter. I'll tell you what, though, Rob, the, the, the biggest beneficiary of something like that would be Byron Buxton. Probably, but I don't even know if Byron Buxton would do that. He'd rather try and get a double. Do you realize? Do you realize when you say the words "nobody's going to do that" that you're dealing with Rob Manfred? No, I mean he can put the rule in. Nobody is going to take advantage of it. Nobody will do that. Why would you do? It's the same. It's the same reason you don't bunt on a shift because you'd rather hit it over their heads and get a double or a home run than get to first on a drop ball by the catcher. You just wait. I think. See, I think Buxton. If if, if Buxton was facing a one-one count. And a ball it. goes in the dirt. He would do it. Yeah, he's right. And if, especially if it gets away from the catcher, like Byron's running the first. He would run the first. Maybe. I think it's a ridiculous. It's a stupid idea. It's a ridiculous Because like, it's Rob notion, Manfred. It's yeah. a, I think Rob's coming up with some great ideas. It's a terrible and all, stupid all idea. All are going to yeah. save baseball, you guys. You guys just don't get it. All of them are going to save the sport. No the only thing it. Rob Manfred has gotten right was is the... Uh, is the uh, a robotic strike zone, giving that a try. Hopefully he gets it implemented sooner rather than later, but at least he's starting to go down that road. Post-strike, we'll get it. Other after than the that. Strike, after the strike, the year-long strike we're in for, he'll get it. Don't say that. What? We're, we're in for a strike. <laughs> That's the note you did want you to go read, out on? Did you read the comments coming out of the All-Star game? Yeah. We're in for a strike. All right. We're going to get Judd out of here. Too pessimistic. We're going to get Mackie in here. Hey, I was very... Are you kidding? I just put a rubber stamp on your uh, t-shirt idea. Rami will stay you here. You said something. I stopped you and said, that's a great idea. <laughs> I basically kissed your butt for the last part of the show. Manny's begging for a break on the other side of the... Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A do operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.